Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, welcoming you to this G-rated edition uh, with <laughs> Don Pizzette. Don, how you doing today? And by G-rated, we mean G-unit, right? Yes, G-unit. <laughs> we have a special guest, 50 Cent, going to be on a little bit later. Um, but we have uh, quite a bit of tech news to get through first. A lot of people are going to be yeah. disappointed. Is that true? Yeah. What 50 happened? Cent? Yeah. What about him? 50 Cent is the like uh, guy who invented smart water. Did he invent it, or did he just put his name behind it? I'm pretty sure it was like his I, deal. This sounds like the setup of an April Fool's joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how smart are we talking about? The guy's been bankrupt, you know, like shot nine times. He did do that. Yeah. yeah. Do well, that. hey, do you know how expensive ammunition is these days? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, how are you doing today? <laughs> having an interesting smart day. Thank water. you. Yeah, I like how Peter's fact-checking me right now. Yeah. I'll look into that while you guys are uh, are talking about like tech stuff uh, yeah, that I don't yeah. understand. I'll, I'll go back. I'm sure to there's that, technology the behind the creation article. of smartwatch. Yeah, how do you get the electrolytes in the water? I don't know. No one knows. Yeah, yeah. All right, but let's talk about more uh, relevant and exciting uh, tech news. In our first article from ArsTechnica.com, mm. Apple, Google, and Microsoft want to kill the password with the quote passkey standard. Um, rhymes with ASCII, but not spelled like that. So. I was reading about this process, and it kind of sounds like the MFA uh, process we're all used to of, uh, you know, uh, put in the information on the site, then get a, a code or, or have to authenticate on your phone. But the difference here is you're not actually putting in any password on your device. So is this still considered like MFA, or is this just one FA, but it's on a different device? So it, it can still be MFA. It just kind of depends on the implementation. So what they're saying is that cell phones have become kind of ubiquitous. Just about everybody has a cell phone, and almost every cell phone has Bluetooth these days. So what if we used proximity, Bluetooth mm -hmm. proximity, to serve as one factor of authentication? Now, you'd still want a second one. The second one might be a facial recognition, fingerprint, a, a PIN number, most likely. And the idea being that you could sit down at a computer, punch in your PIN number, and if it sees your cell phone via Bluetooth in proximity, then that's your second factor, and it lets you in. We've kind of known that Microsoft's been wanting to kill passwords for a while. Apple just wants to do anything that's easy for the customer, and Google... Uh, who knows with them, but uh, but basically, you know, they they pushed really hard for MFA and tried to make that second factor easy. So it kind of makes sense to sub in another thing to replace passwords. And it wouldn't be too bad if you walked up to your computer and you scanned your fingerprint, and then Bluetooth proximity was the second part. But I know, and, and I want to hear Daniel's feedback on this because I know Bluetooth back the Fido Alliance is who's kind of driving a lot of this stuff and, and Microsoft and Google and Apple are working with the Fido Alliance uh, Yubico who makes the YubiKey they work with the Fido Alliance as well and they're actually an even bigger uh, supporter of it uh, but they have stayed away from Bluetooth because they said it wasn't secure enough and so you know here we see the big three Microsoft Google and uh, uh, Apple basically saying they're 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 okay with Bluetooth. So, Daniel, from your perspective, what what are your thoughts on using Bluetooth as an authentication mechanism? Well, I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. There hasn't really been a lot of information that I've seen that said, "Oh yeah, Bluetooth is awesome now. It's totally secure. Go off and use it." And I I know there are new Bluetooth attacks as of like last year, year before, that are pretty relevant to the conversation. So I keep Bluetooth turned off on all my devices. Plus, it's just a big fat headache. I do not like Bluetooth. So 
this is not something I would ever want to hitch my wagon to anyway, because now I got to turn Bluetooth on and use Bluetooth because that's a fun experience. It, it, it always works perfectly. So for me, this is, and then of course you're going to have the whole idea of if my phone has to be within proximity, well, maybe I left it in the car or I left it in the other room. Too it's bad. Beyond, right now I'm trying to log in and I was like, oh, well, aren't there I places go walk over and go get my stupid phone? Aren't there like secure over. work environments where you're not allowed to have your phone? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's called yeah. government. So what? Yeah, what would we do in that case? Not this. Luckily, you've got your watch. Yeah, your well, Apple watch. And you know, Daniel and I were talking about this before the show. Google uh, they released a YubiKey competitor uh, called the the, yeah. the Titan Key. And they released it like to all their staff first. And yeah, yeah. And and there were two models of it. So there was one model that was USB, like we were used to, and then there was another model that was Bluetooth. Okay. And Yubico came out at that sa- at that time and said, you know, because people were asking, why don't you guys have a Bluetooth model? And they said, well, Bluetooth's not secure enough. That's why we don't have one. Um, Didn't they have an NFC model or, or YubiKey? Yes. Yep. Well. Yeah. Okay. And NFC is – there's a few things that make NFC better than Bluetooth. Um, first off, it, it really, in a lot of cases, is just used for authentication versus Bluetooth. They can be used for tons of different things. Uh, but NFC is near field. You need to be, like, within 12 inches for yeah. it to work in most cases uh, versus Bluetooth where it can work from the, the other room. Yeah. You know, you can get 30, 30 some odd feet. 40 feet in some yeah. situations. Yeah, so you could leave it in the car as long as you've got an, a window office. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At your NSA location. And that the parking lot is close enough. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Interesting. So so does that mean that you support this or or, or don't? I mean, because I know, I know your feelings on Bluetooth. You've yeah. Those so I, I, I hate Bluetooth, yes. but I use it every single day, and I think that's partly why I hate it. Uh, yeah, it, it's so inconsistent, <laughs> but I, I use it in my car, my headphones. I, I use Bluetooth for a lot of stuff. So yeah. uh, it's not the greatest, but it, it really comes down to the implementation. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with this, right? Uh, if it's just a matter of seeing the device identifier that's out there, then I could see some security problems with this. But if there's some application you have to install, a special protocol that it uses to communicate, you know, something like the uh, what Fido does, well, if that's the case, then it could be done securely and it could work. Uh, we'll have to see. I hate to see cancel culture getting passwords, to just be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they, well, they finally I, went one step too far. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just make one wrong joke and they're out. You know, you that's how it is. No, honestly, in all sincerity, like, I, I have concerns when it comes to uh, those, you know, large tech corporations having too much of my information or having too much control where I'm, I'm basically like putting everything that I do into their sphere. Mm -hmm. I like decentralization. I'm not a huge fan of, of centralizing everything. I don't use Gmail, Hotmail or Yahoo or blah, blah, blah. I use a third party, you know, security minded, uh, email provider, right? I use signal for my messenger. I bet I start, you use different passwords uh, for every site. Too. You know, it's Madness. amazing. Yeah, yeah, I do that. And I use multi-factor authentication yeah. with authenticator apps. It's, it's like, if we could just, so you already have to have your phone. Well, I mean, you. I, I'm wondering if like, really is the password the problem or is it our, our laziness as a society? Well, if you, if you like, I mean, I joke about using right? the same password, but I'm not going to lie. If, if you take away the password, you take away the option for, People to be lazy right. in that sense, but usually when you do that kind of thing, you you make them dependent on your stuff. Yeah, and once I become dependent on you, 
I'm dependent on you, and I can't do anything without your approval. Yeah, that, your that's why so. Google's free. That's, that's why Facebook's It's free. not free. <laughs> but, but it, I mean, that's, yeah. that's why you don't pay cash for Correct. it. Correct. And you, you see companies like this where they might even start out open and friendly and then and change. Right. I, mean, I just you saw just this. did this, right? Wait, Office 365, yeah. right? Or, or Microsoft 365, where you could use any authenticator app you wanted. So I could use, you know, Authy or the Google Authenticator or whatever, and, and use that as MFA on your account. But then they just changed it. Now they want you to use the Microsoft Authenticator, hmm. not the Google one or Authy or whatever. Like you've got to use the Microsoft Authenticator because they've, they've added some functionality to make it easier. But it's it's their app. And I, I don't necessarily want to do that. I've got all my stuff in a different Authenticator. Yeah. yeah. Well, to quote Office Space, MFNA, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that was actually in. No, was that not? No. <laughs> uh, by the way, I did a little research uh, yeah. where you guys were chatting. It's vitamin water, not smart oh, sorry, water. vitamin water. Thank you. Uh, and oh, Curt- Curtis news. Jackson, or, yeah. uh, or Fiddy, as I call him, yeah. uh, got involved when it was already a $100 million company, but before oh. the acquisition with Coke, hmm. uh, which is where the big gotcha. big money So what did he in. do? Uh, he became like a brand ambassador for it gotcha, and, and gotcha, just gotcha. You know, was drinking it in his concerts and, and uh, gotcha. every event where it became... Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I think it's probably easier to put vitamins in water than it is to make water smart. That's yeah. true. So, good business model. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. <laughs> Glad yeah, we you, got that sussed out. Yeah, if you, wanna, if you have a speaker at home, you want to make it a smart speaker and just pour some of that smart water in it, That's right? That's what I do. Seems like it would work. Yeah. Sound logic. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. had to buy about 40 of them. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a smart fridge now. I just, they, I filled they just it with don't smart have waters. longevity. Yeah. Usually after you make them smart, then they go... Like, they don't work at all. Yeah, because they're like, why am I working for you uh, for free? Uh, all right, let's move on now to <laughs> Gizmodo.com. Microsoft Edge, which we talked a lot about last week, just passed Apple Safari as the world's second most popular browser on desktops. I don't want to take credit for that, but I did say now is the time to, to move forward with this now that they're looking at building their own VPN into it. So I, I assume that's the, the Technado bump. Uh, does Edge work seen... on uh, Mac OS? It, it does. does. That's what does. That's yep. the problem, so. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, that's what happened. There you go. It passed. Went, oh, thank God. Uh, so Google Chrome Condensed still holds the dominant lead with Firefox in fourth place. So that means, yeah. So okay. So Chrome, Edge, Safari, Firefox. Yep. So uh, uh, Gizmodo was pulling statistics from a company called StatCounter, and I'm not familiar with StatCounter, so I haven't been able to do a deep dive on them to find out how reliable their numbers are. But according to them. You've got Google Chrome with 66.64% of the market share. So literally two-thirds yeah. of the market uh, runs Google Chrome. That's some impressive dominance. I mean, that that's like back in the 90s when Internet Explorer was dominating. Like, that's the kind of numbers they had. And you know what you uh, should do? Give them your password, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the whole ecosystem. Yeah. It's just there. Yeah. Maybe I could have them do my work for me. Um, <laughs> But I was surprised to hear that Safari was in second place. I didn't think it was. That's just because I, th- I think people don't know that you can install Chrome on your iPhone. Well, is no, this a not mobile? This is not mobile. Okay. This is just desktop. Well, I will say when my daughter came home from school once and and was like, hey, "We need to do this for my project," and so I opened Chrome to, and she's like, "No, no, you gotta you gotta do Safari." I'm like, no, it's the same thing. Like, she just didn't understand that there uh, was an option. So I think, you know, this is what they've been talking about in Florida, the, the things that they're indoctrinating kids with in school, <laughs> is that uh, Safari is a better 
browser. Yeah. Well, all right. So so Safari, and here's where I kind of question these numbers a little bit. Safari only runs on Mac OS. They discontinued the right. Windows version. They never released a Linux version. So it only runs on Mac OS. If you buy a Mac, Safari is pre-installed, and it's the default browser, right? Anybody else does that, it's an antitrust yeah. lawsuit, but Apple's allowed to do when it. When your market share is that low, it doesn't yeah. matter. Now, Macs have less than 10% market share. So how is this possible? So how is this possible? And so that, that's where I question the numbers a little bit. And so it says that this is just desktops, but I feel like at a minimum they have to be including iPads, iPads in this. Yeah. yeah uh, in order to get that. And, and I'm saying this as I'm looking at the article on an iPad in Safari. So I'm here it I It makes me be. even more confident that I should, you know, relinquish my authentication capabilities to Apple, Google. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they never lie. They no. just tell the truth all the time. <laughs> And I can trust them. Is it the number of individual people using the t these devices or the number of, of sessions in these devices? Maybe Apple people just search for more things. <laughs> Apple people have more tabs they open. They have more yeah. tabs open at all times. That's it. That, that might be, be possible. Yeah. Uh, maybe. But they, they listed Safari at 9.6% and Microsoft Edge at 10.07%. Now, mm. Microsoft Edge is the default browser that's included with Windows, and there's way more Windows machines out there than Macs, so it, it just it, it seems like these numbers don't match up. I I feel like Edge was likely already ahead of it. I know there there was a point where if you added the new Edge with old Edge and Internet Explorer, it was a sizable yeah. portion. Uh, so I, I'm just not sure how these numbers suss out, but it, it does show that Microsoft Edge is is really getting entrenched, and uh, you know I. I've used it quite a bit. It's worked well for me. So as far as browsers concerned, like I, I like the idea of Vivaldi. I like the idea of Brave. But anytime I try one of these alternate web browsers, there's always something, some extension that doesn't run, or bookmark sync that doesn't work. Or... You see, you already figured out your problem right there. Is you use a bunch of shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I think true. web developers too are looking right. at it and saying, "Hey, there's under you know two percent market share for this. Why am I wasting my time making sure I'm compatible?" Yeah, now, true. if it's Chromium. It should work anyway, but if it's yeah. some unique thing, yeah, they're just not going to take the time to make it work. Yeah, I just the big challenge for somebody creating a new browser. So you take a company like Brave, where they yeah they got a lot of donations and stuff, but in the beginning they didn't have a lot of money, so they don't create a mobile browser. They just create mm -hmm. the desktop browser. And so now, if I'm the end user and I want my bookmarks to sync to my mobile device, I can't. But if I go with Safari or if I go with Chrome, I can. So it's it's features like that that make it where the big three here are kind of cemented in as the browser you use. I think the lesson here is get 50 Cent to to promote your browser. There brave. you go. And you'd be squared away. Yeah, you'll be set. What, Daniel, what, what browser do you use on your phone? Uh, I use multiple. Oh, I'm, typically, I use Brave. Okay. On the phone, too. And you're, on, oh, on, phone. you're on Android, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, when you say they don't have a mobile, you mean they didn't come out with one originally, but they, they have on, on Android, they have. I don't yeah. think they have on iOS. Because on, on iOS, Apple, part of their, their monopolistic practice is they will not allow any other web rendering engine than Safari. So if you run Edge or Firefox or whatever on iOS, it's actually just reskinning Safari. Uh, so my Chrome on, on my... Is, oh, is, is Google's extensions attached to Safari. Really? Yeah, under the hood, it is Safari. Yeah, Feel which cheated. honestly <laughs> is cheated. is like the shadiest thing yeah. Apple has ever done, and, and again, they're just just bastions of truth. And Tim Tim Cook actually testified in front of the Congress, saying, "No, there's there's nothing that we allow our browser to do that we don't allow anyone else's browser to do," and it was worded in such a way like 
other people's browsers can do what our browser does because we force them to use our browser. Because it is their browser. <laughs> but he didn't say that. <laughs> and you know, Congress doesn't yeah. know to ask the questions because Congress yeah. is made up of a bunch of old white dudes. So yeah, who are yeah. like asking, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, can you fix my contact? Yeah, yes. yeah, that's that's our government. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, well, let's take a look at some hardware news from Tom'sHardware.com. Asus's new Asus's Asus's uh, Asus News and Books. But you wouldn't say Asus's? No, neither would I. <laughs> Asus News Zen Books have dual screens, ergonomic keyboards, and OLED screens or OLED. Uh, so, what's uh, I guess the the dual screens is a is a big thing. Is it the front and back screen like the no, the it's it's the thing? it's the you have your main screen up top. Yeah. But on the bottom half of the laptop, they've moved the keyboard all the way to the front and added a half screen yeah. where your keyboard normally would, which is a fairly useless gimmicky thing that's not going to catch on. So you can put that one out of your mind. Uh, <laughs> the uh, OLED, that's getting to be a standard feature now, you know, sure. with a, a lot of modern devices. But the ergonomic keyboard is kind of a neat one. And I think this might be a feature that, that catches on because it's a normal keyboard. So envision any laptop with a normal keyboard, except it can pop up in the back to basically be at an angle. And so I'm, I'm trying to think of, of something I could compare this to. Um, yeah, but I'm confused because isn't that the same? I'm looking that. at the top picture in this article. <laughs> I know you can't see it at home, uh, but we will put the link in our uh, our chat. But, oh, yeah, you can see it on, on Don's phone there. So that spot the, where the keyboard is that you can pop up is the same spot where the screen is. Because the screen in the in the next picture yeah. down, oh, that's where the screen wait, is. This either opposite. or. No, this is yes. not the same device. Either or. We, we need to clarify. Uh, okay. So they, they've rolled out several new devices, and one of them has the half screen where the keyboard would be. So um, you can either have the stupid screen or your hands not hurt, but you can't have both. Right. But the, the ergonomic keyboard, that's a feature that's fairly low tech. It doesn't change the size of the laptop. When you open your laptop, you then just pop up the keyboard. So it's now at a slight angle. And now you have a more ergonomic keyboard. I, I could see that catching on. Yeah. It's kind of like the Surface keyboards where it's got a little bit of a, so I uh, don't, a ramp. I, I don't like that to me. If, I, I thought I like ergonomic was more down. Yeah. yeah which like you would think that's the opposite hang. way. Like those keyboards that are split. You yeah. know, those ones yeah. like your your hands are kind your fingers They're are kind of lower. Like rolled over. No, they aren't. <clears throat> Some <I thought. laughs> none of the ones I've seen. Maybe I've only seen crappy ones. Maybe you've seen the high end. Yeah, it's like a ball. <laughs> <laughs> You're holding it like this. Yeah. You actually have to lick it. It's uh <laughs> yeah, you think you're making cats cradle. <laughs> the ergonomic. Yeah, yeah now I'm curious cuz yeah. I mean I've seen the ones that are split in half like the yeah. remember the Microsoft ones and I do. but the, you didn't angle your fingers down on them. I don't think. Well, you think. still had the the ramp you know, like the wrist part at the front, but I thought you were kind of a little more uh, I don't remember it that way, but but of course, I hated those keyboards, so I never used oh, them. Yeah. So I'm not the best authority on this. Well, you'd have to be, you know, have have been like a, a classically trained typist uh, to, yeah. you know, to use that. Like if you didn't take typing class, which no one's taken, you know, since high I don't school. Know, Good uh, skill to have, school. though. You know, it is. Yeah. I do here. I'll, I'll I'll date myself. I took a typing class. I took a typing class on a typewriter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, I did it in college. I had to do a. Uh, uh, that might have been like so a word my, processor. But my typing course was on a three by five inch floppy. That was a little com like DOS computer program mm. that would words would cross the screen and you had to type and it would teach you like here's home row, follow the keys. Okay. And then now words are coming in. You had to like until, that was like a game until Mavis Beacon revolutionized all she of it. She did. She did. She came <laughs> out and said, "I'm about to teach all y'all." You know. 
I, out of time. I just learned this not not but a month ago. Did you know that Mavis Beacon's not a real person? No. Totally fictitious person they you made up to sell the product. Me. True story. Why would they do that? Who? Mavis Beacon. Yeah, Mavis Beacon's know. typing tutor. It was like oh. the software to buy to learn to type. Yeah, yeah. Not a real person. Not a real person. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm just upset. <laughs> my, my paradigm has been shifted. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> All I know is the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy brown. It's, no, the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy brown dog. But that said brown twice. I thought right? it was just jumped over the log. Red fox. It's, it's, it's the quick the lazy red dog. fox jumped over the lazy brown dog. Yeah. Because that, that is a sentence that gets every, every letter. letter in the alphabet. Shows how well I did in typing class. All right, so on to the next thing. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just seeing if you... Uh, you really want to impress your friends typing. Learn the words that are like super long that you can type with one hand. Mm-hmm. And then like make that your password. <laughs> just like, oh, just... <laughs> or I you, am amazing. We could do like in... Uh, uh, what was that show? Um, uh, uh, with the... Crime scene detectives. Uh, oh, CSI? CSI. No, it was NCIS. That NCIS. They, yeah. Where two people typing on the, on same, the same keyboard, keyboard. at the same oh, time. Well, they yeah. stopped a hacker. When yeah. They, yeah. I mean, that's that's paired programming at its yeah. best. <laughs> yeah. At, at its impossibleist. Yeah. <laughs> you, can just, you can just have somebody else take over Look, that, and tag team. That, that would be so impossible. You would have oh to have. God. You couldn't do it on the fly. It would all have to be coordinated like. Because you, you like have to know the water, words you're typing. Yeah, like, yeah. But I know exactly how it happened, right? So the, the writer for the show, or one of the writers, was at a piano bar drinking yeah. one night, and yeah. the, the two pianists playing the same piano, and yeah. like, wait a minute. We could do this with a keyboard. With hackers. It's perfect. And yeah. And you know, when you're six drinks in, then it makes total yeah, sense. In their defense, <laughs> they made television history that day. <laughs> yes, they did. No one will forget that scene. I mean, the net was sitting there going, Thank God. Yeah, this is fantastic. All right. So so this is uh from some blog. I'm not even gonna credit them because I don't know if they're right. But this says nobody should be reaching up towards the desk to access the keyboard. Okay. Arms should be a ninety uh, degree bend with the wrist in a slight downward tilt position. Uh, so uh, you, huh. you yeah, take that. Well, it says no, it's tempting places. to rest your palms on the desk, but this results in typing with your wrists at an upward angle, which is a definite no-no. So you want you want a little bit okay. down. A little, yeah. so, well, so now now we have a, a challenge, right? So th- this laptop obviously is flaunting that yes. by tilting the keyboard. It's got up. a double birds up to whoever wrote that. And and I'm, I'm wondering, so I'm just doing a Google search for ergonomic keyboard and looking at the pictures, and none of them are sloped down. Well, this one kind of is almost like concave. Like, I've seen that's what I was saying, like kind of sideways. Yeah. yeah. I don't know on this one. All right, so uh, if you're listening to this, instead of having us prattle on and debate about it, uh, and you know the secrets of the human wrist anatomy, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for Don to go, keep it to yourself. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> then you need to reevaluate your life choices. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably need to reevaluate well, that's true. some yeah. choices, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you're on this podcast, yeah, you need to reevaluate. Yeah, how have you gotten here? Yeah, that's <laughs> what, what bad decision. It was a wrong turn made. somewhere, and it was yeah. taking uh, 
wrist anatomy yeah. uh, in college, first of all. All right, let's move on to uh, our... St- is this is this who got pwned, or we're still on regular? Uh, not yet. This is just a regular, right, yeah, regular, 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 regular old screw-up. Regular old mess-up. All right, ArsTechnica.com. Hackers are actively exploiting big IP vulnerability with a 9.8 severity rating. Is it big IP? I mean, it's, it's all capital. Is that yeah, a, is that big, a... big IP is a product. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. So the, the company is F5, and if you're not familiar with F5 Networks, they are a, a vendor of networking infrastructure, but not for regular people. So you don't have an F5 router at home. But if you're a Fortune 500 company pushing or supporting hundreds of thousands of users and millions of customers, it's almost an impossibility that you don't have an F5 device somewhere in your building. So F5 big IP load balancers are very high-end, incredibly expensive devices. I think the cheapest one is something like $30,000, but the the normal one is about $70,000. And you never buy one. It's a load balancer. You're going to buy two. At least. <laughs> at least. Um, you know, I, I think we had like three at the bank I was at. It just kind of depended. How can you balance with three? Then there's two on one side. You had to have one at the DR site, two in production. Uh, and yeah, it was just kind of that kind of arrangement. And, but with global networks the way they are now, people have points of presence or pops all all over the world, so you may have many of these things. Is that what POP stands for? Like an email? Uh, no, that's, no, that's post, post office, office protocol. protocol. Oh, okay. I was going to say different, uh, you know, different usage. Different POP. You just got to um, know the context. Let's yeah. know. Yes. What the word means or the acronym. Yeah. So F5 is like the market leader. These are expensive pieces of hardware. They they're they're used by organizations like Netflix and IBM and you know, just any of the the big providers that are out there use these things, and they they might have had a little screw up. Just a, just a little one. Just a little one? Right. Uh, so on their device, it apparently has an API that you can interact with it. So that, that's a nice feature you'd expect to have in a high-dollar device like this one. Um, and that API might have one endpoint where it allows you to interact with a shell to be able to issue commands on the device remotely. All right. Another yeah. nice feature. And... And that endpoint might allow root access in certain situations, again, because you might need that to send some changes, which, again, a nice feature to have. And it might allow you to send root commands or commands and execute them as root without a password. Uh, that seems is, like a, a a problem. Well, no, I mean, think about how fast. You, I mean, it'd be fast as hell. Yeah, yeah. You know, the See, bottom you know of the application. They stuff. heard about Apple and Microsoft and Google going. Passwords are stupid. Oh, they thought it was passwordless. Yes, yeah, right. He's like, my phone is right next key. to this thing. It's I don't understand <laughs> what the problem is. This is like when Secure. Apple. This is like when Apple got rid of the headphone jack, right? So right, F5 yeah. said, it's, "We're going to be brave. Yeah, we're yeah. passwordless. Yeah, That's right. we're." Yeah. They're ahead of the game. I didn't That's even right. think about and that. Soon we'll be customerless. Yeah. Gotta buy some F5 stuff. There's got to be like a technology bravery award that they could win. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Trailblazers. <laughs> yeah. So the the this is bad. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's really bad. Um, you say it was a nine point eight. A right? nine point eight. So the the, the reason they're giving it a nine point eight. Uh, yeah. And and sometimes they what the what like actual crazier. hell would it need to be a ten? Is this like Olympic gymnastics though, <laughs> where like you know if you fall off the the balance beam four times you still get like a nine seven? No, <laughs> no, nine eight. Uh, nine eight is pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes they reevaluate. Like when Heartbleed came out, and originally they were all freaking out, but after a few days, they're like, oh, actually, it's more like a six. They can downgrade yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, but this one this one won't get downgraded no. because you can do remote execution. You can remotely send commands to the device without authenticating. Uh, it'll run it in its web server. Its web server runs as root. That means you have root execution remotely. Uh, it's really bad. And they've, they've already pushed a patch out for it if you can get the update. But this is already being exploited in the wild, too. So You know what I love is when they push a patch for things like this. And yes, it fixes the problem and then opens up like a very similar one. <laughs> I always love it yeah. when that happens. Well, well, you know, I wonder you, if we're going to be reading about this next week. You could log into other people's F5 uh, uh, device here 
and and install the patch for them because you don't need. Well, you don't you don't log <laughs> in. It doesn't. Well, I mean, you could in. you could access it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, let me let me tell you how this is even worse, right? So these are not devices that small and medium businesses use. These are yeah. devices that massive Fortune five hundred. Uh, and they even said in, in the article of yeah. the Fortune yeah. fifty. 48 of the Fortune 50 use <laughs> yeah. these devices. Like that, yeah. That's how, how common these are. Um, but, the, you know, sometimes we joke like, hey, a patch comes out. I'll just install it on the laptop, see what happens, right? But when you're talking about a device like this that's possibly supporting millions of customers, yeah. thousands of employees, they have to test it. They have to vet it. They yeah. have to do all these we're things before they move like it. Verizon. Yeah, because yes. we're saying like, <laughs> yeah. like Daniel yeah. said, you know, what is this patch going to break? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So they don't want to rush the patch out. To, to update the device. The customers don't want to do that, but this is being actively exploited in the wild. Uh, and you can do a scan, like you can do a, uh, a Shodan search for big IP yeah. devices. The load balancers identify themselves. Uh, and I, I think they actually did that in the article somewhere where they say like they identified several thousand of these devices with just a routine scan. Um, they're, they're edge devices. Oh, 16,000 so, instances of the gear discoverable online. There you go. Yeah. And it's not good. No. Yeah. No, that is not. Man, when you think about how much these devices cost and 16,000 of them Man. out there, that's... Yeah. And because they're load balancers, these are usually directly exposed to the internet. So it's not like you can say, well, I'll stick a web application firewall in front of it. Yeah. Well, you know, this is supposed to be your edge. Yeah. 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 And so now you have a challenge. Not so good. This how, how is this not a dough segment? <laughs> I mean, it's a dough. Um, somebody, somebody at F5, like, coded this thing and they... They were like, looks good to me. Yeah, Billy. And and somebody signed off. Yeah, Yeah, boss. (laughs) The reason this isn't a dough is we have a better dough. We got a better dough. It's coming up. Yeah, yeah. F5's like, thank God. So there's some ineptitude that's happened here, but the the, the other one is is worse. So here, uh, you can tell, like, just somebody... Somebody rushed this feature in. It didn't get tested. It was part of the web UI of the device. And with networking gear, it's pretty frequent that they'll test traffic passing through the device and not test traffic going to the device. And that's what's happening here. Did they say who discovered the flaw? Uh, There was a... Uh, there was a researcher who discovered it, but they found evidence that it was already being exploited in the wild. Oh, I'm sure. So I don't think he it got 50 credit cent. for it. It was 50 cent. Me so, yeah. yeah, vitamin exploits. He discovered it, yeah. <laughs> um, so Aaron Portnoy, director of research and development at firm Randori. the drummer for Dream Theater? <laughs> so he, he was the first uh, nice person to yeah. discover it. Yeah, but but it it is being exploited already, and it's it's wide out open. So uh, anyhow, if you run an F five device uh, legally, if it's you know under contract and all that, um, then they have probably already reached out to you to update it. Uh, if you've purchased one used off the internet, which is really the only way medium sized companies can afford these things, uh, just know that your device is horribly vulnerable right now, and you need to protect it. Well, now lots more people can run these devices. Uh, it's true. Just by you could share. <laughs> just by doing a scan on the internet. I'm just gonna borrow yeah. for a minute. Yeah. No big deal. All right. Well, let's take a look at what that uh, that other ridiculous story is in our next segment, which is dough. Do re mi fa sol la ti do so do. Oh, are we going out of order? Isn't that next? I thought we had the word press one next. Oh yeah. Is that not the one? No, the Heroku one is the dough, right? So, WordPress, WordPress site's oh. getting hacked. All right. Well, it'll oh, be so, the then. So what's the is the is the Heroku one? That's that's a who got pwned, right? Uh oh it is. I got them backwards. Oh. All right. Well, is this one worse than the last one? Um 
No, I don't think so. All right, so we'll yeah. take we'll take that statement yeah. back. Uh, but this this is bad. But, <laughs> this but. is still not good. So yes. I, you know, I was talking to Daniel about this one, and it's it's creative. In fact, here, why, why don't Let you me do the headline. Yeah. yeah. So this is from the Daily Swig, which is portswigger.net. Nice. Not sure if I'm allowed to say that. They're, yeah. they're the people who make Burp Sweet uh, security oh, scanning okay, suite. Yeah. Okay. Uh, WordPress sites getting hacked, quote, within seconds of TLS certificates being issued. Attackers pounce before site owners can activate the installation wizard. So uh, are they are they somehow getting a notification when this is happening, when someone's yes. going online? So well, the- they're notifying themselves. Okay. Yeah. Kind of. Like. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Daniel about this one. This one was neat. I I, I think it's neat in a way because it, <laughs> it's something creative the attackers are doing to find these systems. You know, uh, we used to tell stories about how like you could take a Windows ninety eight machine and plug it into the internet, and if you gave it a public IP address, <laughs> oh, yeah. it would be compromised within... Like a you know, minute? And yeah. yeah, for a while it was within six hours, and yeah. then it was within one hour, and then it was within ten minutes. And that's because people are just actively scanning. Right. Okay. Yeah, and then there's known vulnerabilities, the machine gets popped, and that's it. It happens so fast. Well, these WordPress sites, it, it was like going back to that. Within seconds, if you think about installing WordPress, right? So you bring up a server, you install Apache, you install MySQL, you add WordPress onto it, it, uh, you open up some ports on the firewall oh, to allow web hacked. traffic. You're hacked. You bring it up. You you get an SSL certificate for secure traffic, and you're hacked, right? I mean, like just before yeah, you. But even, I got a certificate, right? And so, how was this happening so fast? And and so they they did some study and and basically dug in and figured out what was happening. Uh, there's a system, and I can't remember the name of the system, but whenever you request an SSL certificate that is logged. And stored on a, a, a public database so that people can see it. I actually I actually use this system because you know, if I want to monitor a domain, like techne.do, mm-hmm. right? Great so let, let's say somebody else, a malicious third party, requests an SSL certificate for that domain. I want to know about it, right? So the public ledger of SSL, of a TLS certificate requests, uh, you can set up notifications. So somebody requests a domain or requests a certificate for the domain, I would get a notification as the domain owner, and I would know, hey, somebody's trying to impersonate me, right? So it's kind of like a warning system. Mm-hmm. So there is a ledger of every certificate that gets requested and issued. I shouldn't say requested. I think it's only if they actually get issued. Well, what's happening here is people are bringing up WordPress sites, and it really this would be any site. You request a certificate. When it gets issued, it gets added to that ledger. So the attackers monitor the ledger, and they say, oh, wait. Here's new sites that are coming up, and the odds are a new site has not been secured properly yet. Well, when you bring WordPress up, it makes you go through an administrative wizard where you change the password and all that stuff. Well, if they haven't done that yet, the attackers can respond faster than the user, and they have it automated. It runs a script, and now they own the box before before you've even finished configuring it. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and what's interesting is it's all because somebody pushed their site live before it was ready to be live. Which mm. which happens because if you want to request a certificate... It has to be up. Most people do web authentication for that. Yeah. You know, they say, like, you need to copy this file and store it in the root directory of your web server to prove that you have control of the site. Mm. Uh, and so that's why people bring them online like this. Uh, you see it with uh, Let's Encrypt, right? Because it, right. it wants to do web authentication or right. web authorization. I'm like, no, just give me the dang thing. 
Yeah, and <laughs> and that's where if you have the option to do DNS verification, that's better. Yeah, you know, because DNS verification doesn't require you to open anything right, on your firewall. Because you you own the the registered DNS name, and mm -hmm. there is nothing that you need to do. So, I mean, if you're firing up a WordPress site, you probably have a domain as well, right? Yeah. So why not just use that? Well, I, I can tell you my own experience, which yeah. is most DNS providers don't provide an API for you to automate the process. So it's manual. You have to That's manually right. verify. Well, if you're bringing up a ton of sites, you don't want to do that. Versus dropping a file into the root of your web directory, you can automate that really easy. So That's if right. I want to bring up a thousand WordPress sites with a thousand different SSL certs, I can I can use Let's Encrypt CertBot yeah. to automate that process. You just have to say done. you were lazy, Don. That's all. Well, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, <laughs> I'm not paid by the hour. I'm not doing that. <laughs> if I was paid by the hour, I would love to do DNS Plus, verification all day long. I like what these hackers are doing with these sites. <laughs> you said it's creative. really nice. You know, you bring up a WordPress site and you're like, man, how am I going to get some content on yeah. here? And now the hackers do it for you. Yeah, oh, they've already put content. It's it's about their Bitcoin that's uh, it. mining. And the Taliban and, you know, sure. whatever. All sorts but. of good stuff. <laughs> yeah, but that's the kind of thing that drives traffic. Controversy. So I, I thought this was, it, it was a, a novel approach, a, a, a yeah. new way to, like, find servers that hadn't been secured. And, and WordPress is what's being hit here because of the way the default wizard is. But this would work with Drupal or Joomla or, or anything right. else that has some kind of setup wizard. Yeah. Now, and you say novel. I, I thought this uh, article said this has actually been happening for years. Oh, has it? Yeah. It's just now becoming like such a problem. Well, it's, it's new to me. Yeah. How about oh, that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was like, really? They've been doing this a while, huh? It's like when you buy a used <laughs> car. It's, it's, new yeah, it's new to me. This is a new car. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that smell. I sprayed it with that stuff. It mm -hmm. <laughs> makes it smell, smell like a new car. Yeah. So, Daniel, from a security perspective, I think I already said the way I would fix this, which is to yeah. do DNS verification. But yeah. let's say that's not an option. Uh, how else could we protect ourselves from this? How else could you protect yourself from this? That would be difficult. I mean, if you're exposing a an unsecured website and a, via a CMS package like WordPress and you don't have any kind of security around it, you don't want to do that. You you yeah. have to, like, maybe firewalls. You could, like, say if 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 it's not coming from here on the outside, then don't allow the traffic. So you could stand that up and, and just be really tight with the, with the firewall and say, you know, um, and just open the port up or, or the, the IP from your certificate vendor. And say, okay, give me an IP that I know is going to be able to contact this thing, and that's the only IP I'm allowing. Yeah. And that way, you can do your your automated thing, and everything's good. So if I'm not coming from that, then they wouldn't be able to contact the other part of the site. Everything would be firewalled off. That's what I'd do too. I'm trying to think of other ways I would handle this. So um, uh, one approach you could take is if you're using Apache, yeah, you can set a virtual host, right? So yeah. your WordPress site, you can move to a non-standard port, running on like port 8080, right? Right. Uh, but then for the web verification for your certificate, that's just on port 80. So you right. could have an empty virtual host that just had that temporary file. So you'd have to be a little bit more, you'd have to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. If you're a user that's just following the WordPress quick install guide, you're screwed. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's Which is like 95% of the people that are doing it. Yeah, you're yeah. like, all right, step yeah. seven, get hacked. Or, you know, step you could, eight, do, wait. You could yeah. use a, a hosted WordPress Right, yeah. so that well, you don't. That's that stuff's already like taken care of on the back end. Mm. Yeah, GoDaddy, WP Engine, yeah, pa Pagely. I think there, there's several companies out yeah. there that that do hosted WordPress. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, well, let's shift gears now to the story that Don was alluding to before, <laughs> the, uh, the hackiest of hacks the for this week and in our segment, uh, which is Who Got Pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah! Gross. All right, <laughs> this one is from bleepingcomputer.com. Heroku admits that customer credentials were stolen in cyber attack. Oh, that's nice of them to to let us know. How, how long I mean, I past the, the attack did they? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's the law in 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 Great Britain, right? Is it the law here in the Americas? I would say yes. Uh, would so it, it depends. the The California privacy okay. regulations do have a time limit. Um, in this case, you know, Heroku. If you're not familiar with Heroku, let, let's start there. Uh, Heroku is kind of like a a programmer focused. Amazon Web Services. You can spin up these virtual machines to run processes. They have a real focus on uh, not like kind of like containerized applications where you you write an application and you deploy it on a virtual machine that's up in their environment and you get it up and running. Uh, they 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 were a startup. They grew. They got acquired by another startup, a little company called Salesforce. Heard of that? Uh, and so so they are they're no longer considered a little startup, right? They they have billions of dollars in investment behind them, and they're owned by one of the most technologically enabled companies in the world. Salesforce has a, a huge uh, infrastructure that is is there for, for support. Uh, well, Heroku has shown exactly what not to do when it comes to incident response. Uh, basically, what happens is Heroku had a breach. The ha- hackers were able to penetrate their network and gain access to resources. So they set uh, the couch on fire and cried. Yeah, <laughs> Heroku didn't tell anybody. And then they started resetting some user passwords. And so random Heroku users were getting emails saying, hey, your account password had to be reset. Well, that was it. There was no other communication. And so people started posting on Hacker News. And I I started seeing some of the posts pop up there where people were saying, hey, anybody else getting these notices? And more people, and you you realize pretty quickly, like, they've had a breach. Has anybody received a notification? And they would reach out to Heroku. And the only commentary they get back is, you know, we're not aware of a breach at this time. Or uh, unauthorized access may have occurred, but as as far as we are aware, no customer data was accessed. Mm. Well, it's been weeks now, and they are finally admitting that not only were they breached, but customer credentials, OAuth tokens, and access to customer infrastructure was indeed compromised. So Heroku has had a full-blown cyber attack, and they have totally dropped the ball on notifications. Like, we meant to say, as far as you're aware, uh, yeah. credentials yeah, yeah, have yeah, yeah. been breached. Now, now, Don, let me just get your take on this. When you hear that one of the providers that you use has had some sort of security incident, do you assume that they were able to mitigate that uh, effectively, or do you assume that you know there's couches on fire and people sobbing in the hallways? You know, I so I do like to give people the benefit of the doubt That's that if there was a breach, they've got to figure out what was accessed. Yeah. Right. And so maybe on their initial scan, they they just don't see anything that was accessed, and like, all right, well, somebody gained access to our VPN. But it looks like they stopped there, and that was it. So do we need to notify the entire customer base if the customer's data wasn't affected? Maybe not. They have to make a decision, right? Well, from there, we end up in this world where there's like two forks in the path, right? And in one fork, uh, they bring in some really talented people. They dig in. They find out exactly what the attackers accessed, and then they inform us. In the other fork, uh, they stumble around in the darkness, completely inept, and just assume the hacker didn't access anything. 
And a month later, when all the user data is being sold on the dark web, they realize, like, oh, well, uh, it turns out they're going to tell us what they accessed. <laughs> and, and it looks like that's what we're getting here. By so, way of, we would like some money. <laughs> so when I see that happen, when I see something inept like this occur, yeah. uh, that will usually cause me to stop doing business with that company. Hmm. Uh, and I, I can give you uh, an example. Like, we used to use a web application firewall called Imperva. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Imperva was owned by Encapsula, something that had a strange other name. Um, but anyhow, they, they had where one of their engineers had a test system that was brought up, but the test system included authentication tokens for customers, like actual production That's data. Fine. And it was not secured, and attackers got into it. And they didn't disclose that for quite some time. It took them a while to disclose it out. I was really unhappy with the way they disclosed it. And uh, their, their CEO put out a statement that was, like, completely unapologetic. Uh, and so we, we moved away from that. We stopped using that web application firewall. But, I mean, like, yeah, and I, I like that. I think that's uh, interesting information. Like, yes, if you break that trust between me as your customer and you as my provider, I'm totally going to go take my business somewhere else. But, like... Let's say you heard, like, I know this never happens, but something like um, Okta gets hacked. Yeah. Do you go and change your GitHub password that day, or do you just go, ah, it's already been changed for you. Yeah. So I, I did change my password so that day. I. Absolutely. Um, I'll go even further back, right? Yeah. So um, years ago, the early days of the podcast, I don't know if you were with us then, Daniel, but it was when RSA was acting all weird. Uh, and they were talking about mailing new tokens to people, and I said, "Oh, this is bad. Like this, <laughs> this means like yeah. that that yeah. an outside force got access to the private keys, and those are now and have yeah. invalidated yeah. the security yeah. secure ID tokens." Well, RSA was being really tight-lipped about it, hmm. and many people were saying, "This is dicey. You know, they're they're not taking credit or whatever." Yeah. But I I said at the time, I was like, "Well." They might not be allowed to. The U.S. government uses those secure ID tokens for really sensitive stuff, and I bet the government is not allowing them to disclose. And so there are times where that happens, where a company has a breach, the public finds out about it through one mechanism or another, but the U.S. government has them under a gag order nice. or, or something. So they might not allow, be allowed to talk. Did that yeah. turn out to be the case in that situation? Or uh, we... Oh, in the RSA? Absolutely, yes, okay. 100%. Yeah, they, in fact, uh, the 10-year... Was it the 10-year anniversary of it happened? So I guess it was it predated the podcast then. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, there was some some window of time just expired like six months ago, and they released the whole story, and absolutely the U.S. government clamped down on it. By the way, it feels uh, like 10 years Yeah, we've been yeah. doing this. This specific episode. Yeah. So, But not not Heroku. In the case of Heroku, they uh, they literally just had no idea, and then they tried to cover it up. But uh, they have finally come out and, and said that customer credentials were compromised. Yeah, what's worse? I mean, in this case, they did both. But what's worse? Would you rather them be... <laughs> Stupid and not realize that that it had happened, or cover it up. Um, uh, stupid and not realize, because it's not malicious at that but, point, right? I mean, but neither one gives could you overlook faith. something. Yeah, but you are absolutely trying to deceive and manipulate yeah. information at, after the fact, and that tells you about the, the ethics about and morals them, of the right. company. Yeah, that's yeah, great. and they, they would need to have a change of leadership for me to continue yeah. to trust. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and if they don't, and that, that was the thing with like Imperva, where yeah. they didn't have a change of leadership, they, they just stuck with it, and I, I think they did finally get acquired. Uh, this says in 2014, February, Imperva bought the remaining part of Encapsula and oh, there became we go. Okay. a product line within the parent company. Okay. So, yeah, you know, it, it happens. We're going to see a lot of this. Uh, companies get breached, right? Yeah. Uh, attackers are really talented. Uh, there's people 
people like Daniel out there, people better than lots of people better than Daniel. Way, way better than I Daniel. I was on the dark I mean. web today, and I was like, <laughs> dang, these guys are crazy yeah. good. And uh, people like people like John Hammond. He's good. Who will be on? Uh, can I use this as a segue? Or yeah, sure. More to say? No, no, no. People like John Hammond. We'll edit that part out where I ask. Uh, <laughs> who will be on our next webinar? If you head over to itpro.tv/webinars, uh, you can sign up for all of ours. And the next one is all things cybersecurity with Daniel and John Hammond talking together at our brand new video wall. Going to be really cool. Sophie's going to be in there with you. Yeah. We're going to be taking questions live, like not that like normal. The, it's not yeah. like a webinar. Normally, we webinar. take questions yeah. at the end and uh, after what we've presented something. In this case, it's you guys are. Telling us what what we're talking about, what well, the, it's, it's what more, the topic is. It's more of like a conversation, exactly. Like, like what we're doing right now. We might have yeah. some some interesting things to start the conversation, but yeah. once it's going, you know, you as the audience out there are a part of of this. And if you say something that's interesting, it will become a part of the conversation during that time. Yeah, only if it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that takes place Thursday, May nineteenth at two p.m. Eastern time. So yeah, head over to itpro.tv/webinars where you can register for that one and uh, make sure you're in. Yeah, and and you know if you if you hate video walls and technology, you could always come and meet with me and John Hammond in person because we'll be at RSA. What? You will be, and that's June sixth. Yeah, at uh, a time. June sixth in the morning. In the, yeah, in the California morning time, time. at, at uh, out at RSA. <laughs> if you're out there, it'll be in your packet or yep. you know whatever uh, yeah. app they give you but we'll yeah. be we'll be doing a round table uh monday morning john strand from black hills information security yep and rita gurovich from sphere from sphere yes yeah, sphere co yeah uh, yep so we'll, we'll be presenting and then on tuesday i'll just be roaming the expo hall floor and, and trying to meet people and learn new technology so if you see us out there make sure you say hi you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna give you uh, a handful of technado stickers no way <laughs> and if you see don tackle him uh, yes. And take <laughs> the stickers and his uh, YubiKey. And Scream whoever gets his YubiKey. <laughs> like, the pandas are going to kill us. Yeah. Or, you know. yeah. All right, maybe just we'll give you a sticker. He'll give you a sticker hey, if, if he sees you. If it lets me you know, go viral like Dave Chappelle, then. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy, right? And then we will beat the crap out of you. Did you see that dude's arms? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. It like, didn't look like that when he jumped on stage. Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah. No. You have an extra elbow. Yeah. Now. Have you heard of bodyguards before? Yeah. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, the greatest part of the thing was Chris Rock was there. Yes. yes, and he came out and, and made a, made a comment. Smith. Yeah, like, oh, it's perfect. That not only you know, I, I was like, someone's gonna make that joke. Oh, Chris Rock actually <laughs> made the joke. Gets to be the one to perfect. make that yeah. joke for him. Yeah. He, he earned that right. He did. Uh, all right, yeah. So check out that at RSA. Uh, I don't know if they're live streaming all that, but even if you're not able to attend. Uh, I'm sure someone will get in there with the Yeah, party. at a minimum, they'll live stream the footage of me getting thrown out. Yeah. So yeah. It'll <laughs> yeah. be fantastic. Be and the person that tackles. Can't wait to see your arm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And also, uh, while you're on the internet, head over to that uh, website that Don mentioned earlier, techne.do, uh, also known as technado.com. And uh, over there, you can uh, check out... Uh, a little bit more about the podcast, see all the past episodes. You can find out more about all the staff that works behind the scenes. You can order some Technado swag. You can even send in feedback and, and um, you know, let us know um, how you have hacked Heroku and 
I don't know, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, How many uh, F5 big IP boxes you've pwned? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, how many you own now? <laughs> uh, and you can also click the big orange button in the corner that says Sponsored by IT Pro TV, and you can get a 30% off coupon code for the lifetime of your personal subscription to IT Pro TV. Uh, you can also request a team trial to find out all the great features available to teams from IT Pro TV as well, uh, like the Pro Portal and all that good stuff. So check that out at technado.com. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, our first G-rated episode. <laughs> I think we we nailed it. I threw an S bomb in there. So. Oh, uh, never mind. Great. Never mind. That's oh. PG. Now you got to eat your parents. Got to check that <laughs> button for not made for children. All right, I'm gonna go look into ergonomic keyboards because I've I've already gone down yeah. a rabbit hole of like <laughs> why is every, water. Well, every every website I see says you want a negative tilt, yet every ergonomic keyboard I see is, is a up. positive tilt. Yeah. So I don't know why. What's up with that? <laughs> because when you search ergonomic uh, on like Amazon, it's even showing you the keyboard trays that are tilted away. So uh-huh. I've got to buy the keyboard tilted up and get a tray tilted down so that I can put no those sense. together. I want to say I had a desk that had a tray that did that and it the, tilted. They down. had the yeah. I thought we had them here originally or at the old office that you could. It's you all fun and games, so the keyboard just slides off. Yeah. yeah. So if you know the the answer to that mystery, make sure yeah. to use the contact form right into us because yeah. we have no idea. Yeah. If you see Don at RSA, tell him, <laughs> say something about his mom, uh, get a sticker, <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week right here on Tech NATO. 